greatness. In your name I will bow down. In your presence fear is silent. For you wear the victor's crown. Let your glory fill this temple. Let your power overflow. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you.
every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. Hallelujah. The victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. Come on, let's lift up our voice to the Lord. I want everybody in this room. Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God must come down. Hallelujah. Come on, sing that part again. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. Today, on the last Sunday of 2013, we are making a statement of faith. I want to commend you for being in the house of worship on this last Sunday. It is very important because God notices faith. And we're going to nail some things uh, that we can hang our faith on for 2014. But I'm telling you, what you have done being in the house of God on the last Sunday of the year is important. And there are some things that we're going to speak and release today that heaven takes notice of and that we've needed through 2013 and we must have through 2014 I'm telling you there are some things that must be broken down some walls that the devil has, a, uh, has built and, and some things that we need, to, we need to tread upon in the name of the Lord come on just slip your hands up right now all over this room Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God must be brought into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the things that the, the Lord has put in my heart on this last Sunday and moving to these last hours of 2013 is I'm so appreciative of the work of the Holy Ghost, the work of the Holy Spirit. My friends, without the Holy Spirit's anointing and help, the church cannot accomplish what it needs to do in this hour, and we individually can't do what we need to do. Amen? And tonight at 6 o'clock, our Sunday evening service, I have my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in the service, Dennis and Becky Clanton. Dennis pastors one of the great churches of Detroit, Michigan. An Assembly of God Church, and that's the church that Chris grew up in. And Dennis is going to preach, and I've asked him to preach because I'm passionate about this, is how we end 2013 with an emphasis on the Holy Ghost. And I've asked him to preach tonight because I want to make a statement that I can hang uh, my faith on for the coming year. We're going to move by the Holy Ghost anointing this coming year. 
So I've asked Dennis to preach, and so would you welcome Dennis and Becky Clanton here from uh, Detroit, Michigan. We were in Bible college together, and he and I were roommates in college for several years until I met his sister. And when I met his sister, he was out and she was in. Amen. Amen. But he's going to preach about how much we need the Holy Ghost in our life. Another thing we're going to emphasize, and I don't know if I'll get to it in my message, but we'll definitely get to it in New Year's Eve service, is Israel. I'm telling you, I just, between Sunday school and church, was rehearsing three of the passages from Genesis 12 and Zechariah and Psalms 122. And I want you to lift your hands and I want us to pray over Israel right now. Psalms 122 says, He will prosper that bless and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I, I want God's anointing. Amen. Come on, everybody pray for Israel right now. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the land called holy by God. Holy by God. Amen. Lord, you called them a holy people and a holy land, and we bless that land. And Father, we drive that stake here on the last services of 2013 because, God, we know it will take us through in 2014. Hallelujah. Everyone standing for the reading of God's holy word. We always believe in standing to honor the word of the Lord. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Thank you, worship team, and God bless you for your giving this morning. Matthew chapter 19, my message today is entitled, The Last. Scripture has a lot to say concerning the last. Next Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, my message is entitled, The First. And there is a whole lot of good stuff about the first. And so this is going to be connected together, amen, the last and the first. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, everybody read this, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Can somebody say amen? amen. Then answered Peter and said unto him, behold, we have forsaken all, and we follow thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in this regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now watch this closely. Words of Jesus. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold. You know that Jesus right there prophesied an hundredfold return for what you do for the kingdom of God? The message of sacrifice in our Christian lifestyle is so important. Friends, we are not our own. We're called, called to follow Jesus, amen. For he is Lord of every aspect of our life. And Jesus says, when you forsake all to follow me in this life, you'll receive a hundredfold and inherit everlasting life. Verse 30. But many that are first shall be, what? Last. And the last shall be first. Wow. You may be seated. Please take out a pen and paper. Not always is last 
last. I want you to write that down. Not always is last last. I am not a race car enthusiast. I don't watch a lot of racing. I have watched one or two races, been to one or two races, but I can tell you that I've been... I've read enough to know that there have been some that started in last place that won the race. I have read about marathons. Neither am I a runner in the marathons. Amen. But I have watched as an enthusiast to know that there have been times that people have started way down the line, maybe back 15,000, and by the finish line, by the end of the race, They're placed way up in the front so that the last is first. There are many illustrations in life, and you can Google this for yourself, as to where people started last, but with God all things are possible. Can somebody say amen? That's exactly what Jesus said in our text in Matthew 19. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. And he says in verse 26, with God all things are possible. How many in your childhood growing up were ever picked last for a, maybe it was sports, a playground activity? Come on, be honest, you were picked last. I want to tell you, just because our name is at the end of the alphabet, W for Wiggins, a lot of times we were way down the line, amen. But I want to tell you, I have watched over the years that through God and with God's help, things that were destined last by the world, God caused and turned it around to be first. And God gave me a word on this last Sunday of 2013. Your place of last, where the world has placed you and maybe where the devil's tried to decree you, is your platform for your breakthrough where God's going to say the last is first. Somebody shout amen. Now the concept of last is always not a bad concept. When it comes to succeeding and accomplishing things, uh, you just have to have a mindset. What Jesus is talking about in verse 26, that with God, I'm an overcomer. With God, I can do all things through Christ. Amen? That the last is not necessarily going to end up last. We come to the end of 2013. And maybe your barrel of oil has been the last. Maybe you've got down to the last portion of meal. I want to tell you, if you will not trust in the arm of flesh, but if you will look to God, that last bit of meal, that last bit of oil, you can still make a hoe cake. You can still make some cornbread. And when God blesses your cornbread, and when God blesses your barrel of oil, it won't give out of oil. The last is not always the last when it comes to God in the equation. The last of some things are important. The last words before death. Jacob looked over his family. He was on his deathbed. He called his boys into the room, and I reread it this week. And he prayed and prophesied over his children. He laid his hands over his grand, on his grandboys and prophesied. I want to tell you the last words can be very important. Joan of Arc when she was being burned at the stake, lifted high on 
on, on that stake there and she's burnt, being burnt for her, her faith in Christ, she made the last words uh, that history has recorded. Hold high the cross so that I may see through the flames the cross of Jesus. I want to tell you what important last words. St. Lawrence, when he was suspended over a bed of coals for his faith in Christ, told his persecutors in the face of death, he said, I am now roasted on one side. You can now turn me over. In the face of death. Listen to the words of Karl Marx. Contrary. When asked by his housekeeper if he had any last words, Karl Marx said, go on, get out of here. Last words are only for fools. I'm telling you, the last words before death can be important. And Jacob blessed Joseph, and he blessed Joseph's sons, and he blessed his own sons, amen? The last words of Jesus were important in the scriptures. The last words of David, and you could preach a whole sermon on every one of these. When Abraham breathed his last breath, go read what happened. Amen. The last plague in the, in the scriptures in the, in the land of Egypt before the children of Israel came out by the mighty hand of God. I, I want to tell you, speaks volume. You may have been through some plagues. You may have been through some tough times this year. But there's coming a last of those plagues just before the breakthrough of God in your life. The last judgment... Samson, the last judge. I'm telling you, you could preach right here on all these. The last supper with Jesus and his disciples. Last is not always a bad concept. Come on, somebody help me. The last words. Jesus said, the last shall be first. Many that are first shall be last. Last is not always last. If you're just looking at the circumstances, it might be bad. But if you're holding on to faith in God, where Jesus said in verse 26 of our text, that with God all things are possible. We just need a change of attitude, a change of perspective, a change of life's verse for the coming year. Your life verse needs to be, and I've been praying, Lord, give me a verse for 2014. So we've come to the end of 2013. And as I was studying this passage for this message, I want to tell you that's a pretty good word for 2014. With God, all things are possible. Come on, somebody slip up your hand and, and let's claim that for 2014. With God, all things are possible. Now I want everybody to go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Hold on, we're about to go through some scriptures here. Everybody with me? Say amen. Isaiah 41, verse 4. We're looking at God's omniscience. Who God wrought and done it. Calling the generations from the beginning. Look at this. I, the Lord, the first with the last. I am He. Put point one up now, brethren. It all begins with God. At the close of 2013, at the latter days and latter hours of 2013, 
I want to pause on this Sunday morning and I want to declare that it's been because of God that we are here on this last Sunday in December 2013 celebrating that God's brought us through another year that we have seen the goodness of the Lord this year that God's been faithful he's brought us through some things and we've enjoyed some great things that God it's all because of God don't ever stop giving praise to God for his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercies in your life. Isaiah 41, 4, he says, I am the Lord. I am the first with the last. You're looking at him. I'm he. God declared to be first and last. He is the beginning to the end. There's none other. I want to tell you, friends, as we embrace 2014, your concept of God is very important. Out of our concept of God comes our obedience, comes our faith, comes our service, comes our worship. And God is declaring in Isaiah 41 for his supremacy that who is like unto our God. Everyone go to Isaiah 6. I want everyone in the scriptures with me. Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, beginning with verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I want to tell you in 2014, we may see the change of some world leaders because they come and go. God sets them up and God pulls them down. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to preach right now. I'm telling you. When God needs to remove a world leader and put someone in because the prayers of the saints have availed much, God's still in control and he still calls the shots. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. World leaders will come and go in 2014. I'm telling you that it will happen. It's going to happen in 2014. World leaders will come and world leaders will go, but God's still going to be seated upon a throne that is high and lifted up. He will not abdicate his throne, and his throne is above all others. And Isaiah sees this throne. He sees God high and lifted up, and the train of his presence, his glory, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain covered his face. With twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. Isaiah is seeing the throne room of heaven, and in the throne room of heaven, I always like to look into what heaven looks like and what is going on in heaven because I think we ought to try as best we can in this natural element and natural environment to mirror what heaven is pleased with. And in heaven, the angelic beasts are worshiping and praising. Look at verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I want you to stand with me right now. I don't know how you can be seated right now. I want you to lift up your hands and I want us to declare, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hallelujah! You know what happened even in heaven? Because of the praise of these angelic beasts or beings, it says the post of the doors moved in the temple. I'm telling you, 
the thunderous praise. I just think on Sunday morning at the end of 2013, knowing that our God is awesome, our God is great, our God is worthy of praise, we can lift up some praise. Uh, amen. You may be seated, please. Verse 5, then said I, woe is me, I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What the church needs as we close out 2013 is a vision of God on the throne. Your faith cannot stand in the wisdom of men. My faith cannot stand in my human rationale and carnal thinking. My faith has to stand in the power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. I want to tell you, our lips need to be touched this, this year. We preached about how important the power of life and death is. How many would be honest enough to say that you've spoken some things in 2013 you wish you had not had spoken? We need to all come down here and get our tongue on the altar. Amen. We need to get some sanctified tongues. Amen. It says he touched my lips with a coal from off the altar of God. Look at it. Having a live coal in his hand, he had taken, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is, is taken away, and thy sin purged. I'm so grateful in 2013 that I can stand here at the end of the year and I can lift up holy hands without wrath, fear, and doubting, knowing that I, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I, my sins have been covered. Uh, the angel has taken a coal from off the altar of God and touched my lips, and with my lips I will declare, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I want you to slip your hands up one more time and bless the Lord. Come on. Now look at verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go. I want to tell you, when you get a vision of God on his throne, you can't help but worship. You know what's happened in the church of America? I'm telling you, we've lost our vision of God seated high and God transcendent and God eternal and God omniscient. omniscient. Amen. We've lost our vision of God in America and we won't worship and we won't serve and we won't live like we ought to be living. But when God is enthroned in his people's midst and he becomes recognized as God eternal, men begin to serve God. Men begin to live for God. Men begin to do God's bidding in this life. And Isaiah says, I'll go where you want me to go. When you get a vision of God on a throne, you won't say, God, I'm unavailable. I have to do this on the last Sunday of the year. That is real good preaching. 
I'm going to tell you something. Unavailable will never work out. When you get a vision of God, when you stand before God one day, he's gonna, you're going to want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You dare not say, God, I was unavailable. Get a vision of God before 2013 concludes. Somebody say amen. Everybody go to Isaiah 44. I got a problem. I'm on page two of my notes and I got five minutes left. As Brother Rayleigh says, how many will give me five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Amen. Where did I tell you to just go? Oh, uh, Exodus, oh, no, not Exodus, uh, chapter 44, verse 6. Chapter 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last. Beside me there is no other God. You go ahead and worship your God. You go ahead and bow and serve your God. I want to tell you, God Jehovah, God Almighty is my God. And he declares there's no other gods. And he has the perspective of eternity. I preached that message two weeks ago about Gabriel's perspective. He said, I stand in God's presence. He could, she stood there down through the centuries of time and he could attest that with God all things are possible. Go over to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. The Ten Commandments. America wants to say 10 suggestions. The first four of the 10 commandments, our responsibility to our God. The latter six, our responsibility to fellow man. Verse three, the first, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Isaiah sees God and he says there's none other. He hears the voice of God and God says, there's no other gods. I'm telling you, I don't know who you're serving. I don't know who you're following. You may be following Jim Jones. You're watching this television program right now. I want to tell you, you need, need to get on and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to bow your knee before God omnipotent, God of heaven and God of earth, creator God, eternal existent God. Thou shalt have no other God. Don't put anything before God. Thou shalt not make any graven images, any likeness of anything that is in heaven, earth beneath, water under the earth. Don't bow down thyself to them. This is a good admonition. We're going to drive a stake this morning. The word of God is true. Let every man be a liar. And God says, don't have gods before me. Don't have graven images before me. Don't make a likeness and don't bow down and worship them. Verse 7. The third one. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. The Lord's going to hold you guilty. 
I'm telling you, I want to drive a stake. I don't like to be around people that curse God. I don't like to be around people that take the name of the Lord in vain. My wife and I have been seated in places that we paid to be in. And when they used the name of the Lord in vain, we were up and out. of. I don't care what I had to pay to get into that dinner theater that was supposed to be a good event. But when they take the name of the Lord, I'm not staying there with my ascent to somebody cursing my God that I bow before in worship. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Everybody go to Isaiah 45, 45. Isaiah 45, verse 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun, which is the east, and from the west, there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There ain't nobody else. There just ain't nobody else, friends. Your faith needs to stand not in the human wisdom of man. Your faith needs to stand understanding that God, eternal, self-existent God, omniscient, almighty God, He alone is God. There's none else. Go to 48, 12. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel. He's calling to all the people of his land. He said, my called, I am he. I am the first and I am the last. God is making declaration after declaration throughout holy writ. He alone is God. There is none like unto him. I'm going to tell you America needs to understand this thing. We cannot be about a multiplicity of gods. We cannot serve other gods. We cannot bow down before other gods. We must understand our rich spiritual heritage was built not upon false deities and false idol worship, but it was built upon Jehovah God. God says, I am he, I am the first and the last. At the end of all things, God is there. At the end of your day, God is there. At the end of life, God is there. When you've come to the end of your resources, when you get to your very last, understand, he is the last. Pastor, I'm at the very bottom of the barrel. I'm to the very end. I'm at the last. No, he is the last. Run to God in these final moments of 2013. Everybody go to Revelation. I can't preach any of this next Sunday because this is all about the last. We're going to look at the first next Sunday. Revelation 1. And if this don't make you shout, your shouter's broken at the end of the year. Revelation 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning of the Greek language. I am the end of the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the end. Now listen, when mama used to say something to you one time, 
it was important. If mama looked at you and said it two times, it's getting a little more important. If mama looked at you and said three times what she's trying to emphasize, you better get it. Young person, listen to me. Husbands, listen to me. I got some good advice for husbands on the last Sunday of the year. If your wife says it three times, you need to listen. Isn't that right, honey? Amen. And don't ruin her favorite sweater in the dryer. I thought I was being helpful. I put her favorite sweater in the dryer last Sunday morning and pushed hot, hot a cycle. When it came out, it wouldn't fit our youngest grandchild. It has cost me a lot this week. Revelation 1, 8, he said, I am the beginning and the end. Look at verse 11. Again, he says that I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it to the churches. I am sending a message loud and clear on the latter Sunday of 2013 that for a second time in Revelation chapter 1 that Jesus, we looked at God, point number one, but now we're looking at the eternal Son of God and the eternal Son of God says, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. And he says, tell all the churches this. You want to know what happened? All seven churches died out because they didn't listen. Every one of them became a historic illustration of the denial of the word of God. But when we hold precious the truths of God's word and we stand and affirm those, word, those words and mix it with faith, I want to tell you, the church will prevail. But a third time in verse 17, and I'm going to have to leave you with this word. He said, don't be a fear. I am the first and the last. If I could tell you anything as we're embracing the closing hours of this year, you don't have to walk in fear. Somebody sent me an article this week. And when I got it, I rebuked that article in the name of, of the Lord. It was about the world economy. I said in the name of, I, I did, I, when I saw the email, I said in the name of Jesus, I'm not guided by what is happening in the world. I'm guided by the eternal truths of God's word. And God says with him, all things are possible. And he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Come on, worship team, come help me out. I need a good organ player about right now. Amen. I'm just about to preach up in here. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Let me tell you, church, I want everybody to stand and nobody slipping out. He's the beginning of the Greek alphabet and he's the end of the Greek alphabet. He is the first and the last. The answer to life is Jesus. The answer to marriage problems is Jesus. The answer to addictions is Jesus. The answer to financial problems. You support Jesus, church. You support what he says I gave myself for. 
The answer to life, the answer to health, the answer to healing, the answer to blessing, the answer to overcoming, the answer to get to heaven. It's found in the address, J-E-S-U-S, Jesus! I can't stop. Philippians 2, 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But listen to the words God makes of his son Jesus. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things even under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. On the waning hours of 2013, we are driving a stake. I never got to the reason for this. Let me get the date right. October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther went, and we've stood outside this castle in Germany. He went to the Wittenberg Castle, which was a church, and he took a mallet and he took a stake. And to the 95 thesis, he drove that stake through to the door of that castle, declaring as a synopsis of what was written, the just I don't know how you can stand there but the just shall live by faith Philippians chapter 4 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Philippians 4 19 says my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory I'm hanging on a nail of faith in God. The word of God is true. Let every man be a liar. How do we need to end 2013? With a statement of faith. Our God reigns. Our God is high and lifted up. I don't have time to drive all the stakes that I wanted to drive. I want to tell you, friends, everything you need is found in Him. Hallelujah. I want you to slip your hands up all over this room. Those watching at home right now, those watching my live stream, lift up your hands. Come on. I don't care where you are. Lift up your hands. Come on. You need to acknowledge God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of the glory of God. I want everybody in this room, I want you to just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, all across this room. Everybody in this room, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, up in the balcony, the galleries. Come on, under the balcony. Pray in the Holy Ghost.
Come on, lift up your voice. If you need to be in this altar, move from where you're standing right now. If the Spirit of God is touching your heart. I'm telling you, something's being released on this last Sunday. The last is not the last. If you need to be at this altar, move from where you're standing. If there's a spiritual need in your life, come, come, come. I want our pastors to come and deacons to come. Spiritual leaders, come on. I want everybody that's been under any kind of attack. The devil has been harassing you. The devil has been attacking you. I want you to come right now. I'm telling you, the last is not the last. Come on, from all over this room. If there has been a spiritual attack, we're going on the offense. We're going to play offense for the next 28 days. We're going to take back. Everybody say, take back. Come on, if you've got spiritual needs, I encourage you to come. If you need a breakthrough, if you need a breakthrough in 014, I want you to come right now. I'm telling you, I believe you can have a breakthrough before these hours close out in 013. Everybody listen to me. I prophesied to you last Sunday. I declared to you that 2013 was not over and what John Kilpatrick stood in this pulpit two times this year will still hold true till the last hour, the last second of 2013. And a man sent me a message Friday. He's in this room right now. And they had a breakthrough. I'm telling you, 013 is not over. You need a breakthrough. I want you to move down here real quick. You need a spiritual breakthrough. I want you to come. You need a miracle in your marriage, I want you to come. Now we need a lot of prayer partners to come down here right now. Come on, a lot of prayer partners. There's somebody that needs to come from the balcony right now. God's wanting to do a work and he's trying to let you know that 2013 is not over. 2013 is not over. 2013 is not over. us in that Jennifer everyone worship worship Slip your hands heavenward. This is what heaven is doing. Voice and sing to you. Our Everyone, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. We lift our voice and sing to you. 
to you. 